Welcome to Blitzcats, an NFL Draft podcast brought to you by NFLDraftBlitz.com. And now, your hosts, Alex Kavtov and Ed Hunt. Welcome to another episode of Blitzcast. We're back and another show. And you know what? Baseball is back, Ed. You asked for it a few weeks ago. You wanted the, the commissioner and the players to work it out and bring baseball back in the summer because we just there isn't enough sports out there basketball is still trying to get into it the nhl playoffs they're trying to resume play but baseball was able to work it out ed so what do you think of last night obviously opening night of major league baseball season i mean i'm i'm happy we have sports back i mean just being a sports guy you know just being a sports nut who loves to watch sports and you know especially especially at night you know um, that's, that's kind of, that's kind of my, it's kind of the way I kind of calm myself is, you know, watching, you know, watching a baseball game or something, you know, or in the winter watching a hockey game, or obviously you guys probably can guess. I also like to watch a football game. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm happy baseball's back. It's my summer sport to watch. Um, some things feel a little weird. Um, there's no crowd. I mean, that, that, that actually does play a bigger role in it. I mean, just seeing the crowd just kind of gives you that excitement it's like you know this is a big deal this is baseball this is america's game and um you know you're playing with no crowd and obviously i understand why i mean you're trying to protect the crowd and you're trying to protect the players and you're trying to you know control this virus and so you have to but and it's and it's a reminder that we're going through some perilous times so that's definitely hard um you know i mean it's a little weird to see masks on the on the uh you know in the dugout i mean um, but you know, it's what they need to do. It's what they need to do. So it's, it's a little different, but, and it's a little sad to, you know, be reminded of what, what, what times we're in, but at the same time, I mean, it's baseball and thank God, hallelujah. You know? <laughs> um, yeah, sports is back. Uh, sports is back. And, uh, basically, you know, baseball has, has proven that, I mean, they, they've done the right thing to, to bring the game back and, Obviously, some other sports will follow, like the NBA bubble in Orlando, the NHL playoffs, and hopefully the NFL season, and maybe some college football conferences will also be a go. But it will be weird because we won't see crowds and uh, fans, and it would just be like a it would be like a pickup game. I mean, we're gonna hear the the sounds from the game, something you would hear if you were attending the games live but uh you're going to be able to see it and and hear it on tv the way you know basketball players are communicating with one another on the floor or uh playing baseball or the nfl game so it's going to be a little bit interesting to uh to hear that uh because obviously you don't you don't hear that usually with with the crowd roaring let's get to the nfl and uh the question that we wanted to pose in in the beginning of the show is who is the best GM right now in the NFL? Who is your uh, who is your guy this year? I mean, every year it changes, but I'm just curious. Who is your favorite for the best GM? It isn't it isn't fun to use this name because it's like it, it's so it's it's like this this name has just dominated football for so long. And um, but I I still think it's Bill Belichick. I mean. When you think about he drafted Tom Brady in the sixth round, um, 
you know, he also knew to cut ties with them and, you know, to get Cam Newton. I mean, at a relatively cheap deal for Cam Newton, in my opinion. I think that was a great signing, and I thought they played that. I thought he played his hand really well. I just think there have been so many good players over the years for the Patriots that, you know, they've held on to for a couple of years. They've had their heyday, and then he's just known when to cut ties with them um, or just let him go get a bigger contract. I mean, a couple of examples would be like Trey Flowers and Nate Soldier, you know, kind of more recent times. Um, you know, he's always, he's always built in the right ways. You know, he's, he's always had the quarterback, but he's always built great defenses and he's always done a really good job with offensive lines. I mean, that's, you know, that he, he's won a lot of games at the line of scrimmage and I really respect that about him. Um, I think he's done a great job about taking players he can mold into great players, you know, players who ex who excel in certain areas, and he's able to sort of strategize them and put them in places to win. Um, you know, maybe maybe more of his role players, he's able to use more role players. You know, not everyone can be a, a Tom Brady and do it all, or you know, not a, you know not everyone was a you know Teddy Bruschi for you. You know, you had to you had to you had to have some role players, and I thought he always found good role players. Um, and he knew how to use them too as a coach, um, you know. And, and I'll go further. I mean, there's, you know, I, I think he's done a good job keeping coaches. You know, Josh McDaniels. I mean, Josh McDaniels is 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 qualified enough to be a head coach for most teams, but at the same time, he he you know he 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 probably would be more like the first coach hired in a lot of off seasons. But you know he's able to he's been able to keep him as the offensive coordinator and I respect that. Um, you know the way he what played it with. What have you done for me lately? I, I wanted to ask you. I mean, I realize that the GM's job uh, it entails a lot of things, but a lot of it has to do with bringing in the right free agents and drafting. That's probably the most important thing. What have the Patriots done lately in terms of the draft? I don't think they've hit a home run. I mean. The Tom Brady and uh, Gronkowski days are, are kind of over, to be honest with you. And Bill has had a mixed bag of, of draft picks. I mean, if you look through the years, it's, it's kind of been kind of hit and miss. I wouldn't necessarily even say that this draft was great. I can't say that because every draft that I look at that Bill Belichick has had, it's always been kind of hit and miss for him. I mean, mostly he's been able to develop players, but that says a lot about his coaching staff and him in general. But as far as being a great GM, I don't know. I could argue, Ed, that Bill Belichick is just average. You know, I mean, no, convince me that I'm wrong. Well, I, I think one of the things that, you know, there have been a lot of guys that they've drafted that, you know, they weren't like highly touted. You know what I'm saying? He never gets the sexy. He never gets the sexy draft picks. You know, he never gets the, you know, the LSU corner or the, you know, the 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 top flight, you know, quarterback or the, you know, he never he's never the sexiest story in the draft. But he, you know what he he always finds he always does find good players. I mean, he's found the Patrick Chungs and the, you know, the Devin McCourties and the. You know, it's just... It... Yeah, but we're living in the past, Ed. We're living in the past. This is like... This was like 10 years ago. I mean, tell me... Look, I'm looking at, at like his most recent drafts out there, and I'm just... To be honest with you, I'm not impressed. I mean, if you look at like 2017 draft, 18, 19... Let, let's look at the recent ones. I mean, Isaiah Wynn in the first round in 2018, he's been a fine player when he's been out there, but injuries. Sony Michelle in the first round, 
also injuries. The, the rest of the guys haven't really done anything. Nikhil Harry last year, I mean, for all the people that believe that he's going to turn out to be a great receiver, that's not happening. I mean, Jared Stidham, I guess, before the Cam Newton signing, everybody was getting excited. Maybe this guy's going to be the next Tom Brady. But it's just, if you look at the recent draft history, even through like the last five years, Bill would get like a D grade from me. I mean, I'm, and I'm being generous, by the way. I mean, with all due respect to Bill Belichick and how he's constructed and how he's won, but I think he's done less, uh, he's done more with less pieces. But again, it just, he's the best head coach in the game. But as far as being a general manager, he's average, Ed. I mean, you can't convince me otherwise. You can't live in the past when you drafted Tom Brady 20 years ago. I mean, that was 20 years ago. We're in, in the year 2020 today. And that's, you know, I'm just trying to make it clear that whatever Tom Brady has done, and not Tom Brady, whatever Bill Belichick has done in the past, he, he's done a masterful job. But I think a lot of it has to do with it, what he's been able to do on the field as a coach, but not what he does behind closed doors as especially as far as drafting players but i mean i mean you know you have to give him a break because you know what his philosophy on basically talent acquisition is different than most gms i mean most gms want to build through the draft you know you look at you look at what kevin colbert's done in pittsburgh he's he's built through the draft you know you look at you look at like the kansas city chiefs you know they've drafted guys um but but with with uh with Bill Belichick, he, he likes to find those veteran free agents, and he, you know, he takes some he takes some risks, but you know, really, he just he finds he finds guys who fit his mold and fit the Patriot way in the draft, and certainly certainly they're not you know they're not the sexiest picks, but to be honest with you, they're guys who have won games for them, and to be honest with you, that's ultimately the point of all this is to win games. You still build through the draft. And even though he's had success in free agency by signing guys that nobody else wanted, and then he found a role for them in his Patriots locker room, and they I'm not arguing the fact that he's won so many championships. That's great. But as far as GM's main job is to be able to develop the talent that you draft because you get so many picks. You get 10, 12 picks a year. Uh, maybe a little bit less and, and you try to hit on those guys because at least they'll give you value for the next four or five years on those rookie contracts and like I said the last five or six drafts Bill has been terrible as a, a draft evaluator as as far as you know bringing in guys I just I haven't seen that to be honest with you and and that's why you know, we keep living in the past a little bit but I think Bill as a GM, and there, I'm sure a lot of people agree with you as far as Bill Belichick putting him at the top because he wins almost every year or he goes to the Super Bowl almost every year, and that's the goal. But I think that speaks volumes to him, again, as a head coach, but not as a GM. If he would have hit on like half of his draft picks from the last six or seven years, the Patriots would be even in better shape than they are right now. That's that's probably the point that I'm I'm trying to make. I mean, we're talking about 2020. And by the way, I think Bill's era it's over. And I, I could care less like if he's bringing in Cam Newton. By the way, a broken down Cam Newton. But 
I'm sure they'll do fine. I'm sure the Patriots will still get into the playoffs, but it's over. I mean, Brady has moved on, and I don't think Belichick is going to win another championship without him. I'm just making that statement out there. Uh, you know what? I I, I just I, I've doubted the Patriots so many times, and everyone, you know, you know that we've we how many times? How many times in the last five years have you turned on NFL Network or ESPN or something, and they say? You know, is this the end of the Patriot reign? Is this the end of the Patriot reign? And then it's not over, and it's not over, and it's not over. I mean, I just, I, 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 I'll believe it when I see it. I mean, yeah, I mean, I know that's the narrative. The, the Patriot reign is over, and especially when they were going to roll with Jared Stidham, I was, I was calling for that narrative. But now that they got Cam Newton back in the fold, I, I still see the, the same old Patriots, and I think they got. They got a guy who can run an offense, and they got a top-flight defense. So I see them winning the AFC East again. So that's 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 the way I see it. I don't I don't think the Patriot reign is over. I hope Cam Newton gets through the season healthy through the entire 16-week season. This is the NFL season. This isn't college football, and he's broken down. I mean, that's it. He might be in the best shape of his life right now because he's had so much time to to recover with with the coronavirus out there but once football season once they put pads on and once someone is going to hit him a defender is going to hit him because cam newton is going to it's not going to tone down his style it's the way he plays he's like a linebacker he's willing to take hits you're not going to be able to tell him to to go down and slide out there because that's not something he's done and one concussion and he's out for the next two or three weeks. And then and then you're stuck with Stidham in that defense. So all I'm saying is I would love to see Cam Newton get through the entire NFL season healthy. But I don't think that's going to happen. That's just wishful thinking right now. Because Cam Newton, and I've said this for a few weeks when we've had this discussion, he's been on the decline ever since his... Super Bowl reign uh, ever since he led the Carolina Panthers on that Super Bowl run 15 and 1 when he won the MVP that was all great but that's again it's in the past we're living in the past look at what Cam Newton has become the last couple of years he's just a shell of, of what he used to be so again the reign is over I'm saying it here I just I think once that marriage broke up it was just a perfect combination and I realized that Tom Brady was wasn't even good last year in terms of not having the weapons and you know that defense carried the day but I think Tom Brady is going to be more successful than Bill Belichick at his new stop with the Bucks just because the Bucks have more weapons um, on offense and I think the Bucks are um, are going to go further than the Patriots will this year I'm going to make that statement, Ed. Um, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to go out on a limb. The quarterback will take his new team to, to greater heights than his old coach will, will with the Patriots. All right. Well, let, let, um, me, let me hear your pick so we can, we can, we can parcel it out. <laughs> let's do it. Let's do it. You know, I wanted to be a homer. I actually wanted to be a homer. I wanted to say John Lynch. Uh, just because, again, it's in 2020, and look what he's done in, in the three years that he's been there. 49ers were 6-10, and 10, then they were 4-12. and 12. This year, they were 13-3, and three, went to the Super Bowl. He brought Jimmy Garoppolo, he drafted like Nick Bosa, Debo Samuel. 
He hit on Dre Greenlaw, Fred Warner, the two linebackers, Justin School and on day three. I wanted to go with John Lynch, and he won executive of the year, by the way, this year, and deservingly so. But he's also missed on guys like Solomon Thomas in the past, and, and that was hard to take in the first round. And um, I feel like, you know, he constructed the roster the right way, and I really appreciate that. But I'm going to go with Chris Ballard from the Colts. Just because I think before he got there, the Colts' defense was terrible. And he just constructed that, that defense. He rebuilt that offensive line for Andrew Luck. That 2018 draft was masterful. I mean, he, he hit on Quentin Nelson. That was the easy part. But then he got Darius Leonard in the second round. He got Braden Smith, who's been the right tackle for the Colts. Uh, they found a running game this year we'll see they brought in Michael Pittman they brought in your guy Jonathan Taylor he should fit into right into the offense they should be able to run the football he rebuilt that offensive line that defense has been better this year he recognized that he needed to get more uh, pressure from the interior defensive line so he traded that first round pick for DeForest Buckner um, he brought in Philip Rivers because he knew that Jacoby Brissett wasn't going to take him to the playoffs. So he gave him a one-year deal to replace Andrew Luck. And I just I feel like Chris Ballard always has a plan B. When something like Andrew Luck retired, Jacoby Brissett didn't work out, let's do Philip Rivers. I remember when his first hire was Josh McDaniels. And McDaniels let him down and just backed out of the deal. Well, he came up with plan B. He hired Frank Reich. Frank Reich has been a really good hire there for the Colts. So I think Chris Ballard has done really well in constructing that roster. And I expect the Colts to to battle for the, the AFC championship. I think they're a good enough team and, and they have all the pieces in place. So I'm going to go with Chris Ballard just because I, I love what he's done. And he's had better drafts than Bill Belichick, especially the last couple of years. I'm not going to disagree that, you know, Chris Ballard is a good GM, but I mean, has he won any championships? He hasn't. Give him time. I mean, give him time. I mean, they've basically reconstructed the roster. I mean, if they had Andrew Luck last year, if he wouldn't have retired, the Colts would have battled for the for the AFC rights. I'm, I'm almost sure of it, Ed. That team would have been in the playoffs with Andrew Luck if he didn't he didn't abruptly retire. So that was that's just the circumstances that are out there. But I think this year they have a good enough team to represent the AFC um, in, in the Super Bowl. With all due respect to the Patriots and, and the Chiefs, I realize that they're good teams, but I think the Colts are, are going to be able to make that run. So we'll see. We'll see. I, I like what they've done. They've got a good coaching staff, and I, I've loved how Chris Ballard has constructed that roster, how he's put it together, and he's hit on, on a lot of draft picks out there during his three years. Um, well, I, I, I mean, just another problem with with Chris Ballard is you say he's going to win a few championships, but where where is he where is he where is he gone with? Uh, I mean, he he he's got Philip Rivers, who's going to be a stopgap, and maybe Philip Rivers wins a championship in the next two years. But I mean, what what what's his long term? What's his long term? 
uh, solution at the quarterback position. I mean, is he does he have a franchise quarterback in the long term? I mean, he's he's got some good young players. You know, he he drafted Darius. Leonard. Does Bill Belichick? Does Bill Belichick have a long term plan at quarterback? I mean, he thinks but, he's going to win with Stidham. But Belichick, but I mean, Belichick we all has know never Cam needed is also a long term. I mean, he's never he doesn't need a long term option with all these players because he 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 goes and finds players every year. He goes and finds a good team every year. No, he doesn't. He's had he's had the he's had the the beauty of having Tom Brady there for twenty years. He didn't have to find a quarterback, Ed. He didn't. I mean, when Tom Brady was injured one year, he plugged in Matt Castle. They had a good year. They didn't make the playoffs out there. But uh, Jimmy Garoppolo filled in for Tom Brady uh, when he was suspended for four games. He's had the luxury of Tom Brady. That, that's the beauty of it, Ed. When you have the quarterback there for 20 years, when you have stability at the most important position in football, you don't have to worry about it. That's your leader. That's your signal caller. Now he's gone. Now you plugged in Cam Newton for a year, and you're hoping maybe Stidham, you could develop him. But if you're going to put Jared Stidham as your starting quarterback, the Patriots aren't making the playoffs. But, it's just wishful thinking. But but Matt Castle isn't the only quarterback that Bill Belichick's developed. I mean, you're, you're forgetting your guy in, in San Francisco, Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, that was a Patriot guy. That was a guy they drafted in the first round and developed themselves. So, I mean, when you talk about... He was a good quarterback coming out. He was a good quarterback coming out. He was an early second-round pick. He was a small so. school guy. Well, I mean, you're... You always you always put down small school guys. I'm always you know hyping them up. Jimmy Garoppolo was a really good player. I mean, he went to the Shrine Game. He went to the Senior Bowl. He had a really good career at Eastern Illinois. So he's kind of you could say he is this year's version of Trey Lance, if if we're just to to put it into uh, perspective out there. Jimmy started for four years at the FCS level, and he had a really decorated career. And obviously, at the end, I mean, you went to a few uh, premier all-star games. So, And he was still drafted in the beginning of the second round. A lot of people could argue that he could have gone at, at the end of the first round. So Belichick got a steal there. But it's, in general, like I said, it's uh, Bill Belichick also has a problem at quarterback. Chris Browler brought in Phillip Rivers. Cam Newton has also brought in for a one-year deal. I don't think they're going to resign him, Ed. If he has a good year... He's going to sign somewhere else because the Patriots aren't going to bring him back. If he doesn't have a good year, the Patriots won't bring him back. So you're still stuck with Jared Stidham. I think the plan is going to be the Colts are going to draft someone in next year's draft. I mean, whoever it's going to be. Phillip Rivers is not, he is the stopgap quarterback this year because the Colts believe that they're a championship caliber team. So they brought in somebody like Phillip Rivers to carry the ship. And next year, they're going to be looking for a quarterback. Maybe it's Trey Lance. In the 20s somewhere. Uh, maybe, you know, it's it's guys on day two like Kyle Trask or, or someone else. I'm sure the Patriots, not the Patriots, the Colts are going to spend a, a high draft pick, whether it's in the first round or on day two on, on next year's Well, GP, it's definitely, so. yeah, it's definitely not going to be Trevor Lawrence and it's definitely not going to be Justin Fields, so... Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And the Colts aren't going to be picking out there, so... If those guys are going to go top two, and I doubt that the Colts have the ammunition to, to make a play for them. And they're not going to be the worst team. So um, they're going to be drafting somewhere in the 20s. Maybe they can make a play for somebody like Trey Lance out of North Dakota State. But again, it's, it's about today. It, with all due respect to Bill Belichick, it's about today. And uh, we'll, we'll see what he can do without Tom Brady this year. 
Uh, we're continuing with our preview uh, of college football conferences, and we're going to go with the, the granddaddy of them all, uh, the SEC conference, which is the best conference in all of the land. Everybody knows that the, the best prospects are from the SEC. Every year we see Alabama players, Georgia players, LSU players being taken high in the first round and be becoming stars in the NFL. So look, we're going to start with the SEC preview. And uh, the first question, Ed, obviously LSU had a, a great season last year. They went 15-0. They, went they won the championship. It was a dream season. But we can't expect LSU to, to go back-to-back. -back. So uh, who is who's your best team in the SEC? Is, is Alabama going to bounce back? Yeah, you know, one thing you have to realize about the Alabama team is that they had a lot of injuries last year. And you know what, if, if they had some of those injuries, I mean, maybe that LSU-Alabama game would have gone differently. And I think I think some, some things would have gone differently last year if, if it wasn't for so many injuries. But, you know, there's, 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 a lot of, there's a lot of reasons to like this Alabama team. I mean, Mac Jones, you know, he carried the torch when called upon. It's not like they're going to have a totally new quarterback coming in. This is a guy who has game experience. Um, their offensive line should be very good. I'm excited about all Alabama's offensive line. Um, you know, they're just the, their whole team is 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 loaded with you know four and five star recruits like Ohio State, like LSU. But I mean, this team this team is this team is loaded at, at, at in in that way. Um, you know, they have good players at every position. You know, highly highly touted recruits. You know, highly coveted recruits in college football. And then I think something to, to keep an eye on is a guy like Bryce Young, you know, maybe he starts the year as the backup, but maybe, you know, if Mac Jones is just not cutting it, he's just not, you know, he they need that little extra push. I mean, maybe as the season goes on, you bring in a guy like Bryce Young and he goes and wins it at the end. He kind of becomes your next uh, Tua Tung Viola, if you get what I'm saying. Yeah, Alabama is going to be a tough team to unseat in this division, especially after they 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 let the SEC championship uh, go last year. I mean, they're they're a motivated team. I, I'm sure Saban is just going to have them peaking at the right moment, and they do have an experienced team coming back. But they do, they have lost a couple of weapons. All right, they they lost those wide receivers and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and. I'm not sure about their defensive line, to to be honest with you. That's a question mark for me. Uh, they lost, you know, some guys in the back end as well, McKinney. So I'm going to surprise you here. I'm drinking the Florida Gator oh, man. this year. Yeah, I am. I am. I just look. I hear me out. Hear me out. All right. I can't. I can't pick Alabama. Everyone is picking Alabama. So I, I want to. Well, there's a reason a people bit. are picking Alabama. <laughs> I guess. I mean, last year I picked. Uh, last week I picked Penn State over Ohio State. So I figured I'll I'll continue to to go with my, uh, you know, with with teams that are kind of flying under the radar. Look, they've got Kyle Trask back, and Trask got better as the season progressed last year. And I just think that Dan Mullen is going to have a little bit more responsibility placed upon his shoulders. They have some weapons, a wide receiver. They got to find that running game though. But I think they've got a good offensive line. I think they've got a good front seven. And I just, I have a feeling that Dan Mullen is going to be able to, uh, you know, make it happen this year. Like I said, it's, uh, there's a lot of experience back. 
uh, yeah, they lost a few pieces and, you know, C.J. Henderson and LaMichael Pirine, but I, I think they still have enough, and I just, I bring it back. You know, LSU won last year with, with Joe Burrow, and nobody expected that. And I think Kyle Trask will not have that great of a season, but I think he's capable of a lot more than what he showed last year. And last year, he was more of a game manager. And I think Dan Mullen is going to take the leash off a little bit, and I think he will deliver. And that's why I think the Gators are going to be in the college football playoff. And um, I'm going with the surprise here. I think they'll take down the LSUs and, and the Georgias and uh, and the Alabamas this year. So th- this is the year to pick them, Ed. So I'm, I'm going with the Gators. Um, how about a disappointing team? Who, who do you think is, is going to take a step back this year? Well, for me, I hate to say it, but, I mean, LSU Tigers, I just don't think they're going to be as good. I don't think they're going to win that game against Alabama this year. I think this, I think Alabama is going to be pretty hungry. They only have two starters returning on offense. They only have five starters returning on defense. Um, you know, I, th- I think just expectations will be high. They're going to have a target on them. And, uh, you know, I just don't want people to underestimate losing Joe Brady and Joe Burrow to the NFL. So, um, yeah, I don't think LSU is going to be as good this year. I agree with everything you said. Um, they, You and I talked about this last year. I mean, they had a magical season. I, I don't think it's one that they'll repeat anytime soon. I realize that they've done well in the recruiting wars, and they're bringing in a, a lot of talented guys, and they still have a lot of talented guys, but they're just too many pieces to replace, and it'll be hard to do. It just, it'll be hard to, to repeat what they did last year. So they're, they're bound to take a step back and, and lose a couple of times in the SEC, which is the toughest conference in the land. How about a surprise team? Uh, who, is, who is that team that, that you feel will, will do a lot better this year? I, th- I think people should keep their eye on Tennessee Volunteers. I know, I know they had a really tough start to last year. But, I mean, Jared Garantano is going to be a senior. They have eight, eight of the 11 starters starting on offense. Most of their defense is returning. Um, you know, I think, I, think, I think really, you know, losing to Georgia State at the beginning, I mean, that really hurt them last year, and it kind of it shattered their confidence. But, I mean, I think this team can bounce back. And they have a lot of talent on the offensive line. So, I mean, you know, I think, I think you're going to start seeing Tennessee – be a player back in the SEC again. I mean, I, I think, I think uh, better days are, are ahead for uh, Tennessee. I think they've, you know, they've had a little dip, and you know, every great college football program has a little dip, and you know, Notre Dame sure had it. So yeah, I, I'm excited to see the Tennessee Volunteers bounce back. I'm also going to go with the Vols. Here's the interesting part, Ed. Last year they started the season one and four, but they finished eight and five overall, and they won a bowl game. So Jeremy Pruitt is building something special um, at Tennessee. He's building a solid foundation. Sure, it's going to be hard to compete with Alabama's and LSU and and Georgia, but Tennessee is going to be that program, that secondary program out there, capable of winning in a regular year nine or ten games. Obviously not this year. I'm sure they're going to just play conference games. Um, but, yeah, I, I just think their offensive line is great with Trey Smith at, at guard, Morris at tackle, Cade Mays is coming over from Georgia. He's a transfer. Um, they've lost wide receivers, but 
Um, I think they have a consistent, they need to find a consistent running game, something they didn't have last year. But I think Jim Chaney, who came over from Georgia, last year was able to have those explosive plays in the passing game. And I think he's going to find a little more balance on offense. I like their secondary. And again, this is a team that won eight games last year. So don't undersell them. I think Tennessee is back and I think they're, they're going to have another great season. Um, I think they'll compete. Like I said, not with Georgia's and Alabama's yet, just yet, but um, they're on their way. I mean, people are going to remember. Uh, they're going to bring back those Phil Palmer days uh, when they were winning the, when they were competing and winning national championships. Um, the SEC, obviously, we mentioned at the top, a lot of great prospects every year. Uh, give me, you know, seven to ten names that i should keep an eye on this year okay well i mean the first name that, that comes to mind is patrick certain um you know i think you got to talk about jamar chase dylan moses jalen waddle who i think will become the number one receiver at alabama Najee harris um you know great running back and who could be a first rounder uh kyle pitts from florida who you know edgar already talked about his talent uh alex leatherwood um, I, I, I just, re I really, I really have, I, I think there's a lot of good players in the SEC and there's a lot of great players in the SEC every year. Yeah, there is. Uh, who's your favorite guy? Uh, who's your favorite guy in the SEC as far as who do you think is going to be that, that top draft prospect as we sit here right now? Well, I think a lot of teams are going to like Patrick Sertain. Um, you know, his dad played in the NFL for the Dolphins. He's physical at the line of scrimmage. Uh, you know, lines up in the slot on the outside. You can move him around. I think he stays in phase well. I think he has a good backpedal. I think uh, I think he can play press and off man situationally, and I think he has great ball skills. So Patrick Sertain, I think, is going to be a good NFL corner. I'm excited for Dylan Moses. Uh, he's obviously back from injury, and he's going to be the leader of that Alabama defense, especially in the front seven. I'm excited about him because – you know, when I watched him on film be, before getting ready for the season, last year's season, I saw a guy that was definitely a top 20 pick and uh, definitely up there uh, with, like, you know, a guy that they've had previously, like C.J. Mosley or something like that. I think with, with more experience, Dylan Moses was, was going to get up there uh, in terms of that. Um, I've got, yeah, I've got questions about Leatherwood. I, I told you privately that I've got some questions about Jamar Chase. Uh, being a number one wide receiver at the next level, but we'll dive into that on another show. How about some quarterbacks, Ed? I mean, obviously Kyle Trask, I think, of Florida can take that step forward. Right now he's a day three guy, but I think with a good year, he can get into day two conversation. A couple of guys you don't like, but again, they could, with a good year, these guys could raise their draft stock. That's Jamie Newman, the, the dual threat quarterback from Georgia, and KJ Costello, who's at Mississippi State, you know, I, I know that you know Mike Leach is going to let him air it out out there. Kylan Hill, you know, we you talked about Najee Harris from Alabama, but Kylan Hill from Mississippi State is one of the better backs in the conference. And and Brian Anderson, by the way, um, you know, a couple of years ago, remember Josh Jacobs was was behind Damian Harris. Well, this year it's it's Brian Anderson who is behind. You know Najee Harris, and 
And Brian Anderson is going to appeal to a lot of teams uh, running back from Alabama. And you know what? There's one guy that I'm very excited about, but I thought that he was going to declare, and that's Devontae Smith from Alabama. I I realize he has a few drops on film and, um, you know, but, um, and he's really small. I mean, he's like 175, but he's just, he's a guy that just gets open. He's so quick in the short area coming out of those breaks and he always seems to make the big play for Alabama when they needed it the most. Last year, he was the best receiver on the team, despite having Henry Ruggs and Jerry Judy there. Um, Tua and Mac Jones were always looking in the Devontae Smith direction because they knew he was going to make the play. So uh, whether it's a short slant route or a deep streak, Smith always seems to, to find a way to make a play. Kind of reminds me of like a Sterling Shepard coming out of Oklahoma. And I think Devontae Smith is actually a little bit better than that, but he needs to get stronger. He's really slight. Um, and so those are, you know, there are a couple of corners I'm really excited. Trey Dean from Florida, I think can carry that, that Gators tradition uh, from the cornerback position. And I think Israel Mukoamu from South Carolina. I remember when he's got great size. He's like 6'3", 6'4", 205. Um, he's got good closing speed. He intercepted Jake Fromm three times last year uh, when Georgia played against South Carolina. So that that's a name I, I also wanted to mention. And keep an eye on Seth Williams, the wide receiver from Auburn. You know, we talked about Jamar Chase, Devontae Smith, but uh, Seth Williams is, is a big target and has a huge catching radius out there. I think another guy to keep an eye on. And uh, Nick Bolton, another linebacker from Missouri. Missouri doesn't get talked about, but this guy's always around the ball. And if you want a name that I think a guy that can explode this year and can get into that first-round conversation, a running back James Cook. Uh, Georgia always features those running backs. They love to run the football. And James Cook is the younger brother of Dalvin Cook, and he's got a similar skill set than him. And I think James Cook is, is one of those running backs. He's the next guy in line that I think is going to explode out there. I just keep an eye on him. Um, Kerry Vincent uh, from LSU is a, has great speed. Might be the, you know, probably might break the record at, at the next scouting combine if everything is all right. And a couple of linebackers. Jabril Cox from LSU. He's a North Dakota State transfer. He's got great speed. He's a good athlete. And Jamar Boogie Watson. Uh, he is currently the, the leader in sacks in the SEC conference with the players coming back. And Kentucky obviously has had a lot of success with those edge rushers uh, in the draft. I mean, we see what Josh Allen has been able to do in the NFL. So keep an eye on uh, Boogie Watson out there. I think that's that's another name to keep an eye on. Um, that puts a wrap on the SEC. A lot of prospects. I mean, we could go on and on. You could have like 50 prospects there. We tried to list the top guys that we believe are relevant. And I'm sure there'll be a few others that, that emerge if we do have a, a 2020 season. And now we're going to move on to the Sun Belt Conference. The Sun Belt Conference has been dominated by Appalachian State the past couple of years. Uh, App State has been on top. So they have a new head coach this year, but it doesn't seem to matter. It seems like they, they get new head coaches every year for, for the past three years, and they've, they've always come out on top. So 
Are they are they still the best team this year? I think so, Alex. Um, so for me, Appalachian State is the best team. Um, you know, Sean Clark has a lot of experience as an, as an assistant, and you know he's going to take over in, in the success that they've had there. I like their quarterback, Zach Thomas. You know, he's got a good arm. I mean, good, strong arm. Nine of 11 starters are returning on offense. So, I mean, this is an offense that's going to be clicking. Um, also, most of their defense is returning. You know, they have good players at key positions like pass rush and cornerback. So there's a lot of reasons why this Appalachian State team is going to win the Sun Belt. I agree. They have they have an experienced offensive line and... Uh... You know, they've got a couple of running backs. They seem to always, like, turn out those running backs out there. And uh, I agree. I mean, this is this is the team to keep an eye on. They've got an experienced wide receiver core. They've got, like, four guys um, returning, top four guys returning, and, like, Corey Sutton and Thomas Hennigan. And, yeah, this is going to be a dangerous team, uh, to be honest with you. I, I also have them as the best team in the Sun Belt. So I'm not going to get cute here. I'm not going to say, you know, I'm not going to say somebody else just because I think App State is is above the the rest of the teams in this conference. Um, how about a team on the rise? Um, give us a surprise team. I like this Troy Trojans team. Um, they have plenty. They have plenty of passing options and offense for who wins the QB job. We don't know who's going to win yet, but. Um, you know, I think they're also going to be able to run the ball with Billingsley and Smith. I think they're going to, they're going to be hungry after a disappointing 2019. Um, they probably won't have to play NC State this year because they're taking away the non-conference schedule. And uh, Coach Chip Lindsey, um, you know, he'll have gone through a season as their coach and sort of, you know, he's has that year of experience. So I think this is a team on the rise, the Troy Trojans. I also wanted to go with Troy, but I had another team that I wrote down here. So I had two. Since you picked Troy, I'm going to go with Coastal Carolina. They went 5-7 and seven last year, and in those seven losses, they lost by a combined of 24 points. I mean, this team was close last year. They could have won eight or nine games as far as I'm concerned. They just they didn't close out games. They lost a few of them in the fourth quarter. I think they have one of the best running backs in the conference, and C.J. Marabla. This guy is quick, and he's got great speed, and he can catch the ball out of the backfield. And um, I also believe they have a good defense, especially the defensive line, like Teron Jackson and C.J. Brewer at defensive tackle. I think this team is going to win more games. I think they'll get to a bowl game if we have bowl games. But uh, just I think Coastal Carolina has got an experienced team coming back, a lot of seniors that have kind of a chip on their shoulder from last year. How about a disappointing team in the Sun Belt? You know what? I'm going to have to go with the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. I mean, losing losing Robert Hunt and Kevin Dotson is going to be hard to lose on their offensive line, and that was their bread and butter in the previous year. Um, you know, I also think they only have five retur- starters returning on offense total, only six starters returning on defense. Um, you know, this team hasn't won a league title in 15 years. And I still still think Billy Napier is still in the process of building this team. So, um, yeah, I, I I think I think this is actually going to be a down year for the Louisiana Ragin' Cajuns. Well, I guess it's to be expected, just because they overachieved last year. But I really love what Napier has done. He's from the Nick Saban tree. I just think he's going to continue. He's building something special there. I'll go in a different direction. I'm going to say Arkansas State. They went eight and five last year. 
but they lost their top two receivers and Omar Bayless and Kirk Merritt. Uh, their offensive line has to be better than what it was last year. Their defense struggled against the run, and I don't think they're going to be better this year. I feel like they lost a couple of pieces, a couple of their key players on defense, like William Bradley King was their best defensive player. He transferred to Baylor. Jerry Jacobs was a really talented corner uh, for Arkansas State. He transferred to the University of Arkansas. So I think it's just losing a couple of key players and not having those those big-time weapons in the passing game. I think that's going to hurt them. I I think Arkansas State is is going to have a losing season. Let's talk about top prospects. Everybody wants to find out who those top guys are in the Sun Belt. You mentioned Zach Thomas. I mean, he does seem to be the the top quarterback in this conference. Yeah, I mean, Zach Thomas is definitely there. I mean, he has the arm strength. I guess, I guess he, you know, he, he, he um, I don't know if he's he's really though the top like quarterback NFL prospect. I, I like him more as a college player. But I mean, there's some guys I do want to talk about. I mean, more like. Uh, I like this kid, Josh Peterson from Louisiana Monroe. I think he's a decent pass blocker, but I really like his quick first step as a receiving tight end. Um, I think he's a good route runner for a tight end, very good for a route runner for a tight end. Um, and I think I think maybe if he just becomes more aggressive in the run blocking game, I think he could be a more complete tight end. But yeah, he has a lot of tools to be a good receiving tight end in the NFL. Yeah, his, his dad is the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles, so he's got that pedigree. Um, obviously, he was a quarterback in the NFL, but, uh, you know, that's that's an interesting one out there. Yeah, Peterson is probably one of the top prospects in this conference, as far as I'm concerned. I like the wide receivers, Ed. I like Corey Sutton from App State. Uh, he transferred from Kansas State. Ran into some trouble there, but he's got good size and a huge catching radius. This guy always seems to make plays downfield. I like Thomas Hennigan, App State, another App State wide receiver. He's not quick, he's not fast, but he's he catches everything thrown in his direction. He's just really sure-handed, and he's got strong hands and comes up with a lot of contested catches. Uh, Kalen Geiger, um, smaller Troy receiver. He's really quick and uh, creates separation um, out there. And I really like the running back, like, stable that the Sun Belt has. I mentioned C.J. Morable from Coastal Carolina. They also have Josh Johnson from Louisiana of Monroe, Peterson's uh, teammate. He's a really tough guy, breaks a lot of tackles. Elijah Mitchell, uh, another big back that just, you know, has... It gets a lot of yards after contact. And Trey Regas, another guy uh, from the Ragin' Cajuns, who's just more quicker. He's more of that home run hitter. And you mentioned B.J. Smith. I mean, he's coming back from an ACL tier, coming back for another year. Uh, we'll see what he'll be able to do. But he's always been able to get over 1,000 yards out there. And Teron Jackson from Coastal Carolina, a defensive end. I think he's the best, might be the best front player um, on the D-line in this conference. C.J. Brewer is a good player. I like this kid. He's really undersized, Ed. I get it. But I really like the linebacker, Carlton Marshall. He's a junior from Troy. I mean, you like the, the Troy Trojans. But he's like 5'10", like 210. But this guy's all over the field. Kind of reminds me of Dexter Coakley, like back in the day. He was an undersized linebacker coming out of Appalachian State, went to the Cowboys, had a great career. But this guy's all over the field. I, I just think that 
you know, interesting guy. Anybody else you want to mention? Yeah, th- there's one guy I really like to talk about. His name's Jonathan Adams from uh, Arkansas State. Um, he's an average route runner, but he has great hands. He has a great catch radius. Uh, more of an outside guy, but I mean, um, I, I just I just think he has all the tools and all the athleticism to be a very good receiver. He just needs to be. You know, he needs to just maybe take a step forward with his route running, and I think he could be a very good NFL receiver. All right, I'll mention three more guys before we we get out of here. Uh, Sean Jolie uh, from Appalachian State. He's an undersized corner, but this guy plays much bigger than that. He's a really good tackler and has good closing speed. Appalachian State plays a lot of zone coverage. Um, so he's very instinctive in terms of breaking on the ball. And Corey Strouder, uh, another corner from Louisiana of Monroe, uh, might be the best corner in this conference in general. And Demetrius Taylor, a uh, defensive end from App State. This guy's undersized, but there are a couple of games. This kid is from Florida. This guy's an athlete. He's got a quick first step. I realize that he's undersized for the defensive end position, but I think he can move to linebacker and make that switch. Uh, he makes a ton of plays. He's a playmaker when you turn on that film and, and you watch him on defense. I mean, he's he's the best player on that App State uh, defense. So it's another guy to keep an eye on. So that's, that's the Sun Belt. Um, obviously, a lot less prospects than the SEC, uh, but we still ran through like 15 or 20 names out there. Um, a lot of guys, again, a running back and a wide receiver in this conference to, to keep an eye on. This was another episode of Blitzcast. Thank you for listening. Take care.